what's this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, we're we talking all things. So for a Devil's Show on the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's the week been, mate? Yeah, hi, mate. Yeah, it's been it's been all right up till uh, the last couple of hours where I've had a bit of a leak in the bathroom again. Uh, oh, no. no it's, been a, it's been OK. I've had a, had a nice week, a really nice weekend. Obviously, the match and then a bit of time with family and friends. It's been good. I've had no complaints this week for a change. How about yourself? I've got a new member of my family now, Park. I've got a cat. I say you kept that one quiet. <laughs> yeah. um, she could just yeah. break it like that. <laughs> so, you named it. It's called Ziggy. Ziggy. So, okay. it's downstairs uh, getting used to the place. It was my mother in law's, but she's having to move house. So, she can't keep the cat. So, me being a good Samaritan, decided to take him on. I'm more of a cat man than a dog man. I know you're a dog man because you want a dog, but uh, I do prefer cats over dogs. I just think they're a bit more independent, really. Um, and the only way they come to you when they want something. Well, dogs just like need constant attention in my eyes. Yeah, I can definitely tell you that they do that. I think I'll probably come back as a cat if ever choice. It's yeah. just like, just do what you want whenever you want, and then people look after you. It's bizarre. Yeah. You've nothing to deserve it, and yet everybody loves you. <laughs> um, yeah, Ziggy, well, that's uh, Adam Sidlow's nickname. Yep. Yeah, I guess that's uh, that's quite good. Nice little connection there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know where uh, Paul has got has got Dixon yeah. at home. So another connection. That's quite. I'm sure the kids. I'm sure the kids are loving it. Yeah, loving it. So obviously, like you say, bedding in. Really, that's the first couple of days. Just make sure he remembers where he lives because if he goes back to his old house, nobody there. Yes. Yeah, Just... they, do, they do do that. Mm. I, I lived I lived with cats for for a long time. I lived at home with my parents, and I know my me, me brother. One of my brothers loves cats. He's, he's got one, and they do that a lot. They clear off. Or, or what happens with him is that cats come to him and live, start living in his house, and you don't really know why. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they are quite nomadic, aren't they? But so that's nice, and they're very good for your pets, aren't they? Keep you calm when you're a bit frantic, and I'm sure with a couple of kids on, under your feet, you, you could use that. Yeah, and he's definitely a bit of a predator as well. I've been told he likes getting birds and squirrels and bringing them back as presents. So I'll have to keep my eye on that as well. So I think I might just have to shout, release, when he gets well, like a squiddle. I'm like, release, get off, get off. Send him back 10 if he gets caught. As long as you don't say six again every thing, <laughs> we'll be all right. So yeah, that's my news for this week. So there's loads to go out this week. Parker, we'll look back at the defeat at Wigan. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week. We've got Whiteside World Rugby League, and then we're going to preview the Huddersfield game on Sunday. So we'll start with the defeat at Wigan. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for the Devils were defeated away at Wigan. They went down 20 points to 16 Parker. Really good game. Really tested Wigan, but unfortunately, Wigan found a way to win. Yeah, it was a, a fantastic performance and one that we, we deserved to win. We deserved the points. We were very unlucky. Things kind of went against us a little bit at times and maybe a little bit of uh, quite a few of our own errors cost us in the end. But overall, for 70 minutes, we were clearly the better team, I think. We were in control. And I, I, I must admit, for, for large periods of the game, I didn't feel troubled by him. Mm. It was a bit like the Lee game first up. Where it didn't matter how much ball they had. They didn't seem to be doing anything with it or going anywhere. They couldn't get past our defence. And some of our defence in that second half, certainly early on, was was first class. We we denied and denied and denied. And then obviously we went up the other end and scored ourselves. We just need a bit of luck, whether it's with 
perhaps the odd decision going our way or not getting injuries. I mean, it is the walking wounded out there at times. You can see it on the players. Players are coming on the pitch that shouldn't be on the pitch mm. that are injured anyway, replacing players who have just got injured again. And it, I don't know what we've done. We must have cracked a mirror or what. <laughs> We're just getting no luck at the moment and still competing at the highest level. Like I say, I've got no problem with, with the, the performance the other night. I thought it was absolutely magnificent. Heroes, one and all. The effort they put in with the players missing and against a really strong Wigan team. A team that I think will improve over the season. And um, Between them, probably Warrington Saints, I think, and maybe Catalan. You're looking at the four teams that might just go to that grand final. Mm. And we've gone to their place and really, again, for the second year running, Give them a real test. And I heard the Wigan fans saying at the end of the game how, you know, how sort of respectful they were towards us. Uh, and that's that's unusual from, from Wigan fans. I think we all know that. They're not, they're not usually known for that. I think we caught them out a little bit. Yeah, certainly, like you said, defensively, I thought they were really good. I think no panic, really focused on sort of who was doing what. Especially when you've got Wigan, you know, with the crowd and it's Wigan and you can get caught up can't you sometimes I thought it, it were tremendous really obviously Tim Lafay was a surprise starter but didn't last the game there was talk about I think it was a hamstring injury went off towards the back end as well and Paul Rowley's confirmed that he will be out for a period of time now beginning of the season I talked about him playing in the World Cup and the amount of games he's had to play and the amount of time he's, he's had to try and re rest and recuperate I suppose there's no way of Colorate and say that that's a link, but it is it is bad, obviously, because he's a good player, he's one of our main strike players, so it is a bit gutting that he is going to be out now for a couple of months. Look, Tim's been nothing but special, has it since we since we signed him, culminating in that that World Cup final performance and everything for him. Uh, it's a blow. I, I was very surprised he played, and maybe with hindsight, was it too much of a risk to play him? I know this is slight. Well, it's, He's, he's aggravated the injury had a, and now got a new injury. And Was he overcompensating on one side for the other? And I, I don't know. I mean, the week before, Matty Costello was man of the match and we leave him out this week. I, again, I know you play your best players and, and if we'd have gone there and found out that Tim Lafay could have played and didn't, then I'd probably be the other way anyway. I'd be angry. He's, he's a magical player, but he didn't look right from early on. Mm. He, he looked like he was struggling and it's a massive blow for us. Huge. You, you, players like that, in our squad, we don't. You just it doesn't matter. I don't think what what team in the league. I think he's probably one of the top two, three centres in the league right now. So nobody would would be happy with losing him. It's a blow, but again, you know, it's opportunity for again for Matty Costello, who's he's had a game under his belt. He's got another week fitter, so hopefully he can he can step up and come in. Or I, I don't know if there's anybody else coming back. I, I don't know what the situation is at the moment. Probably not knowing our luck, but. Um, and then we've gone and picked up others. But, yeah, you know, I mean, even besides the injury, he played well in certain spells. He caused problems again. Mm. But, like I say, he just didn't look right, unfortunately. Yeah. To obviously defend the decision-making process, Paul Rowley did say that his scan did come back clear. So, if you go and get a scan and it's clear, and the player says, I'm all right, and the physio says, all right, then why would you not? But, unfortunately... Different in sort of different injury in a different part. Uh, the sound of it, so it was it is a bit gutting. Hopefully, he'll come back you know fitter and stronger in the next couple of months. But obviously, in the meantime, like you say, we, we've got Matty Costello, eight out of ten Costello coming in, and he'll he'll do a job, which is you know what he's what he's there to do, and obviously very impressive in his last outing. So hopefully, more of the same. Back to Wigan. Um, what puzzled me as well, Parky, was our front row starting was Sidlow 
and Dupree rather than King V and Armand went for a, a more mobile front row. What was your thoughts on that? I think it worked, but I think is that because of the rally ball where he wants to play, or do you think it was more we're playing Wigan, so I need more mobile forwards? Well, the, the first thing that struck me about it was we had the biggest bench we've had in a while. Yeah. Strangely enough. So another way of looking at it, they thought later in the game, this is going to turn into an arm wrestle. I might need me big men to, to stay fresh for as long as. But one thing that, that stood out for me and has for, for a number of weeks is that, again, Jack Armanroyd doesn't look fit. He didn't have much of a pre-season, I believe, through injury or whatever. And he just seems off the pace. So whether the case, and we're just trying to keep him out of the limelight a little bit and bring him in slowly because he didn't play big minutes either, mm. uh, which, is, which is a worry. I mean, Tyler Dupree, once again, just, yeah, he carried us quite a bit, I thought. He was he was magnificent. And for a young prop forward, we just can't afford to burn him out because we're going to need him long term. But we haven't got, we obviously haven't got options. But yeah, I suppose maybe with the Sidlo being there and his offload game, like you say, maybe that was something that Paul Rollins looked at and thought, we have a chance to upset we're going to, they're going to expect us to come and just try and keep it tight go through the motions, earn field position and try from there. Maybe he's thought, you know what, let's go for it. Let's try our arm from mm. wherever. And, and obviously, Sidlow offers you that. He's got that offload. He does draw men in. And, it, you know, to, to a large extent, he worked. Yeah. You know, it's only that last 10 minutes that, that's cost us, really. You know, the, the odd slip. But I think, yeah, I think it probably works. And it is horses for courses at times. I'd be very surprised if, if Rolls goes for it again this way. I think he'll change it again. And maybe go a different way because Huddersfield are a different animal to Wigan. Mm. Yeah, they are quite similar in some ways, but Wigan have got, I think, stronger threats, obviously, out wide. But yeah, it, it, it did surprise me a little bit. But then I looked at the bench and, like I say, I thought, well, that's a big bench. A little bit surprised Chris Atkin being put on the bench and because he's been brilliant in the last few weeks. But obviously, we needed back up at, at Hooker. Well, mm. Could we move Danny Addy about? Can he go there? I don't know, but I'm not going to tell Paul Rowley our coach. That's no, just no. We, that, that's his job. Our job through this podcast, Paul. We both know where we stand. <laughs> He's definitely better at his job than I am. <laughs> Started badly. We're going two penalties in an error, and we're going to kick the penalty. And then we got back into it. Lovely ball strip by Tyler Dupree. Gave us territory. A couple of sets on Wigan's line and uh, Ken Seo scored after a little kick by Ryan Briley and Sulfur in front. Yeah, those first three incidents, uh, I straight away messaged my brothers and just said, here we go. Mm. And they were at home watching it and they said the same thing. We got, once again, we appeared to get punished for things that other teams didn't. Or don't. I don't believe that all three incidents were correct calls and it puts us on the back foot. Mm. But, Besides that, I mean, Wigan took the two points. They obviously knew it was going to be tough. They respected us. They didn't go for the try. Took what they could. But yeah, great play down the other end. Really smart. Again, keeping the ball alive. Moving it to our threats. And Brian Briley alive to what was happening. Spotting how Wigan's defence had been set and players coming out of the line. Noticing there's a gap behind. Dropping a lovely little kick in. I know he sort of ricocheted a little bit. But uh, yeah, and then as ever, Kenny Seal there to finish, which is what he does and what he's done for years. But it was a great response from us. And from that point, I thought, we looked really in control, really threatening. Every time we got the ball, 
we shifted it well. We ran Wigan a little bit ragged, and we're probably a little bit unlucky not, not to be further ahead. Mm. First little bit of territory as well we had, because in that first period, we couldn't get out of our fight. We had to rely on kicks to get out. And it is like a, it is a problem if you're, Bowler pack isn't large. You can't sort of roll up the field, and we have to be creative to, to make them meters. Because we get past our forty, then we can trouble teams. It's that initial breaking out. But the Derpy ball steel gave us that twenty yards, which we were crying out for. At that point, we went to the field and scored, which is great. Obviously, playing Wigan, you do need to take your chances. Because, like I say, Wigan had the ball a lot, didn't they? I thought. I thought Salford were just in defensive mode a lot and just breaking out and, and scoring which is a sign of a good team really that they can absorb especially Wigan yeah and that was the thing though like I say Wigan had a lot of ball but didn't seem to threaten us with it didn't mm. do much and, and credit to our defence but the amount of times Wigan threw the ball out of play or very kind of un-Wigan like if you like and that's pressure as well you know that's causing that they're looking for extra options that maybe aren't there but all that defence, and this is, you know, this is where I was, I was going to go. Anyway, it was is what's cost us that game. I think yeah. I will go on about a few other things, but the large spells where we had to defend, that's hard to do. And I said at the start of the second half to the lads I was with that that five ten minutes at the start of the second half where we couldn't get the ball and we we're defending on our line after restart after restart and six again, six again. It's not that moment that it happens. It's late in the game where it enters your tank. And that proved that them first 10 minutes of the second half were costly at the last 10 minutes of the second half. And that's that's hard. You can't keep defending like... I mean, they were absolutely, absolute heroes. The amount of time to stop, we're going to force them into an error. Or, and we're going to look lost. They looked like they didn't know how to break us down. And it was going to take tiredness. And that's what cost us in the, in the long term. And again, I'd like to I'd like to watch every single. I've not watched the game back, but I'd like to see every single one of those calls for, for a, a six again or whatever, and see if they were correct. Because I'm not sure every single one was, and how many times didn't we get them? Mm. Uh, one thing I will point out was Wigan's lying on in the tackle was it was farcical at times. We were fighting to get up to play the ball. The referee was just shouting at them to move. Well, don't don't shout. Penalise them. At one point, I think it was Kai Pace. Paul was stood in front of the referee by, by a couple of yards, right directly in front of him. The referee was trying to peer around him to see the play before. <laughs> Thus, surely something would have clicked and gone, hang on, why is he stood there? And instead of actually penalising, he grabbed his shirt and moved him out of the way. I, and I, I kind of like, if that was us, that's a penalty. Mm. There's no doubt about that. So I will watch it again at some point. And I, I, I was really annoyed about that. And that puts on the back foot a lot. And you can't win games like that. Against a team like Wigan away from home, you're not going to defend for them periods constantly. Mm. And it really did empty the tank for us. And it, I think that, along with our own errors, cost us the game. Yeah. And obviously the, the effort and commitment was there. King V races back 40 metres, strips the ball. Moments like that, you think, you know, the players are focused, you know, they really, really want this. And it's great because obviously us fans, you know, we see signs like that and it gives us hope that we're going in the right direction. Absolutely, and we we go into these these grounds now, and I, and I think the amount of people have said this, and I, I said it as well, that the amount of times we've gone to Wigan and expected and got a good hiding, mm. we don't go there with that anymore. We're a top team; we compete, and it, it's changing that psyche, not just within ourselves and, and you know the, the team. I'm sure the team have already got it. It's convincing us, I think, that we're we're good, but also other teams. 
So all the teams will go, oh, well, it's Salford, okay, to plucky Salford. But when we turn up there, they know what they're getting. They know they're in for a test. Like we do every time Saints, Warrington, Wigan come to town, we know what we're getting. And that's that's changing the mentality to becoming one of the big boys. Hmm. I mean, a lot of what people think of us comes through our crowd numbers, which we'll probably speak about later on. But as a team, if we got our best team on the pitch every week, but we're one of the top two, three teams in the league, I think. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not over-egging that. And we do miss players, but we do go to these grounds now thinking, we can beat these. Mm-hmm. You know, last year at Saints with a scratch team, we just got beat. Last year at Wigan, a last-minute play from a, a bizarre drop-kick attempt beats us. We get to the, the semi-final with a Brodie Croft and, a, and Andy Ackers for a full game. So it could be a different. We were 80 minutes, so we're not even that, less than that away from going to a grand final. That's how good we are now. So it's just raising our expectations and realizing that we're actually quite good and we should be competing with these teams. And with a bit of luck and a few players, we'll beat them teams away and it won't be coming as a shock anymore. Yeah. And what it is, it's a bit like when athletes talk about muscle memory, don't they? And that's, that's what. This is, for us fans, we have to kind of remember that we are at a point now where we are on the right side of the results rather than thinking, oh, we're going to throw this away like we have done for the last 20 years. The last five or six, we haven't. And that's about remembering them times in under pressure and thinking, you know what, we can do this. Absolutely. It is. You're right. It is that. We don't need to be convinced now that we're a good team. We've seen it. We know we are. I think. What happened last year a lot was we turned up at home games thinking, we'll win today. Mm. We can win today. But going away, there was still that, oh, it's an away day. You know, what chance have we got? Well, you know, we'll, we'll get beat here. We always get beat here. We'll get beat here. And we got closer and we're getting closer and closer and closer. I mean, the, the Warrington game, this, the second one last year where we were behind and then we came back from nowhere to, to win. And, you know, games like Huddersfield in the playoffs and things like that. That's how good we are. That's, that's the level we're at now. We're not the, the whipping boys. And again, Friday night sort of proved that. In front of the Sky cameras as well, which is good, because, again, that's another Salfordism, isn't it, where, oh, we're playing on Sky, we're bound to be rubbish. Hmm. And that's not the case. We were better than Wigan. Yeah. Another thing that's bound to happen is Bevan French scoring for Wigan. Magic try, I thought. Cut through the, the Salford defence. Obviously, we tried, had a couple of nibbles at him, but threw a dummy, walked through. And then... Bit of magic from Joe Burgess. Burst the line. Looked like he was going to go and score. And then the field wrapped him up. But we got a penalty off the back of it. Kicked it to take us in half-time, eight-all. But uh, the break from Burgess, just clean. I don't think I've ever seen a soul player hit a gap and think, whoa, as he, as he anyone but field, he goes round and scores for me. Uh, but that, that shows, like I said, I've always said he's a Rolls-Royce of a winger. And at moments like you think, that's why. Yeah, I think going back to the French strike, it what I mean, they were lucky to get that, but the ball bounced in front of him and picked it up. There's a terrible pass out to him. Yeah. So he's done well anyway to pick it up and not, you know, get bundled in a torch or anything like that. But then the, the, there was, I'm not going to name names, but there was a player who seemed to be a bit too statuesque at, the, at that point, and French just ran past him, didn't, didn't step him, didn't, didn't dummy, didn't do anything, just went past. And I was kind of like, watching it because I was directly behind the post at that point and I looked and I thought he's not moved that's mm. not quite good enough but again it's a bit of magic from a great player you know a re- really good root player I mean I like them people go mad about Jay Field Jay Field I, he's a great runner 
he's, he's an athlete, but he's not a brilliant rugby league player. Bevan French, on the other hand, as was proven when he went to half-back and then mm. ball-back and then wherever he, wherever you want to put it, he's a great player. And if, it's, if, if someone's going to score a try past you and going to be a good he might as well be one of the best players in the league, one of the best finishers. Then you go on about the, the, the Burgess break. For me, he must have known that Field was going to be there and he is rapid. Mm. I think he should have stepped, stopped and gone inside. I really do. I know. I know it's critical, over critical, and in that moment, he's backing himself. And I would always say, back yourself. But just thinking back to, I just think, just put the brakes on. He's going flying by, mm. and he's not going to stop you because I mean, Budgie's a big lad as well. You know, he's, he's quite. A, he's taller than you think, and, and a lot stronger. And I think he might have gone over, but at the same point, he's done his job. He's made the break. He's got us in a position. Like I say, we get a penalty from it. A deliberate foul, by the way, which again didn't get penalised properly, but there you go. And, and at half time, we're, we're all delighted. We know yep. we're in the game. We know we're, we're playing well. And the second half, we're thinking, right, we can push on. At half time, the, the, the talk was in the stand that we can beat these. Mm. So, second half started. We're going to have a period on our line. Um, we gave a penalty away. Where I don't know whether it was Sneed or whether it was Lafay who got penalised for like a shoulder charge. From where they awarded the penalty, it looked like Sneed, but for me, Sneed just wrapped the, let the ball go dead. So I can't quite understand how the referee got to that. But they had three sets on our line at that point, and we we held them out and, and actually, you know, did more than that. To be fair, we were quite aggressive. I thought in that in that three set period, Chris Atkin eventually forced the error and we all had a big sigh of relief. Yeah, that decision you're talking about is one of the strangest I've ever seen in rugby league. Yeah. Um, the, the thing of Bevan French diving was one of the things. In football, that's a yellow card. <laughs> he's, he's not touched him, really. You know, he's sort of just gone into him. And like you say, he's, he's let the ball go out of play. I didn't understand, but the linesman, I think, was it Marcus Griffiths? Or mm. I think he was the referee the week before who we we mentioned didn't seem to know the rules last week, so maybe he still doesn't know him. But there was a big debate about it and all that, and you could see Max Nate sort of going, what are you giving? What's this for now? What, we, it's not a penalty. And again, it's just that added set of six, another set of six, another set. And it killed us. But yeah, the crowd were in raptures. You know, Salford fans were going absolutely wild at the defence. It was brilliant. It, we, we just seemed to, to know where they were going to be. Where mm. we, every time that you thought, oh, they've got numbers, Another Salford player popped up. Uh, I don't ask a question how many players we had on the pitch. Uh, but it was no oh, brilliant defence. And that, that, like you said before, it's that effort and that that wanting and willing to win. And knowing that we can compete, it, it's in all them players. And they, they were working for each other. And, and, and it was brilliant, but ultimately cost us. Yeah. So we had the ball. We were trying to clear our lines. We got a penalty, which got us over the 40. And at that point... Bit of good play from Salford. Money ball from Brodie Croft sent uh, Kensey over in the corner and Salford were back in front at 14-8. Yeah, wonderful try. Really was well worked. Again, Brodie's just that little bit of quality. Yeah. And Kensey, I was just waiting for that. As soon as he got the ball, it was he had about six miles to run into, I think. Couldn't couldn't have failed. Uh, and, and we thought that was that was the one. That was the point where I thought we've just held them out down there for that long. We did it last year to Catalan. Set after set, I don't know if you remember the game at home, they got set after set and couldn't score and I think it broke the hearts and we went up the other end and, and scored and, and won the game quite convincingly in the end and I thought it had that vibe about it, I thought, we've done them here, we've broken, mm. we've tried it, they've thrown everything in that they had planned 
and couldn't break us and we've gone and scored. That's devastating. We've had that done to us. Mm. And I thought, that's it. That's the moment we've won this game. Uh, oddly enough, even though there was ages to go, I just thought, that's the re- release valve. We're, we're free now. Um, sadly, not not quite to be. But again, it's like you've said, once we get into out of our own half or out of our own quarter, it's devastating. And we will score tries. I think there's moments like that, Parkhead, where we have to learn that to be at like a, a top championship cup winning team is when you score, that is when you are the most dangerous because top team can go again. And the CO try, wonder ball from, from Brody Croft, money ball. Next set, we knock on and we're going to sat on our line then for a couple of sets. Shane Wright comes up with a ball steal and, and we, we managed to clear our lines. But like you said, Parky, before it's extra sets, extra tenses sat on our line and our petrol janker is dipping and dipping and dipping. And we're going to know this because they know they've done a real sort of number on us. And in that last 10 minutes, like you said, it, it did show because obviously Wigan knew what was coming and we just, like I say, ran our bodies. Yeah, I think, was it was it Budgie who, who knocked off? Yeah, uh, Budge, uh, kick, it was Kick and yeah, Budge and Tim Laffey just sort of ran into each other. But then you think the to yourself, time. it's like one of them where you think, if we just clear our set there and kick deep, it's psychological because we're going to sat back on their 20 and we're ramped up and then it's a different ball game, isn't it? You know what I mean? But, we turn the ball over, we can think, oh, well, we're back at their end again. Even though they didn't score, we cleared our lines eventually, but it's more of a, we can, we can think, right, we're back there now, rather than where they should be, 20 yards from their own line. Yeah, from that that try, we just needed a solid set. Yeah. That was it, you know, get out of our half, kick down, get the ball out of play. And that, that was the one thing that I kept saying all the way through the second half, because every time we got towards the last tackle, we dropped the ball to the play of the ball, or it was a, a mistake or something. We never completed the set. And then the one thing to do was find touch or put the ball dead or whatever. Just kill the clock. Take another minute off the clock. Let's mm. burn it down. Because, you know, we're in control, especially, you know, when we had a, an eight-point lead, you're thinking, right, we just play the clock now. That's all we have to do. Manage the game, play the clock. And it wasn't, it wasn't game management as such in many ways. It was more just <laughs> individual errors. Mm. from that point and again that could be through tiredness through the work they've put in but the, the simple basics of rugby don't change no matter how tired you are if you're going to play the ball don't forget we're not in a rush we're winning mm. so get up take time play your ball Get to, don't give the referee anything to think about get up play your ball let's go instead it was we we're trying to rush again it's like calm down a little bit and I think maybe players, again, exhaustion, they might not be thinking right. They might. We weren't chasing the game and we made mistakes like we were. And, it, and, and again, that aligned with all the defending we'd done. You, you're just giving them the ball back. And we did it against all KR. We kept giving them the ball. You get beat. And it's, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. I think it might just be, that's the way they know how to play. Yeah. And it's learning how to play a different way, but without deviating from what works. But comes with experience in it in big games where you think well we list this time we'll do it this way and hopefully down the line playoff time we'll be able to reverse these narrow narrow defeats really that's the that's the plan uh he kicked a kicked a penalty after chris atkin got clobbered after he kicked it i thought it was soft me but two points is two points and a bit further clear but not clear enough to win the game well it was it was a soft penalty but 
he had no need to do it. He had no need to go near Chris no. Atkin or touch him. It was a soft penalty, but it gone against those that have been fuming. But mm. at the same point, it's just stupidity by a rugby league player. That why why would you? Do? There's no pressure. You know, we were way out. The ball was going to to Wigan play. That was what we've not mentioned. The knock on the uh, from the kicker from the kick was it the kicker or the kick was it it was it not so was it Marshall or French? I can't I can't remember right it was anyway. He kicked on, and, and they knocked he knocked on. He, he, there's no other explanation for what he did. Everybody knew it. Everybody saw it. And the referee said the ball went back. Now uh-huh. I I know it's a, sometimes the technicality the ball's gone. But he's facing this way, he's doing that, whatever. I don't care. He could have been painting the ceiling for all I care. He knocked on. And that's <laughs> with our ball about 10 yards from their line. We didn't get it. Mm. I'll guarantee you the other way around that happened. Anyway, yeah, we got we got the penalty. And when we when we were taking it, the, again, I, I said to the, the lads that Shades of Warrington away. And he goes for two, missed it. But, but this time he kicked it, but we mm. missed it and lost the game. This could be a turning point. And we kicked it and I went, well, that that's it then. We've got an eight-point lead. That That is the turning point in our favour. That's it. Mm. And I thought, and then we would control the game and maybe score another. Um, but sadly not. No. We can find a way back in. Two tries. One from Bevan French. One from Toby King. Four minutes to go, Parker. We, we have to kick off. I was, I was talking to my wife at the time. I said, Reckon we go short here, and we went long. And I was like, Paul Rowley talks about organised chaos. He says that's kind of the, the the mantra, and it's kind of dollying it up there with four minutes to go. We get the ball back, we run the roll. We don't. Then they get the ball, and they've forty yards up the field where they should be. But kicking it deep was the thought processes. We'll get another chance here. We don't have to do the dolly because we'll get the ball back, but. Unfortunately, we can just manage that situation out. And that is why they are a top, top team, because they knew in the last four minutes, they thought, this is the way we play. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't really know. I don't think there's a right or wrong way of looking at it. Because like you say, it could go wrong or right either way. Mm. You go short, we get the ball, great. You go short, they get the ball, they're close to your line. It's, you go long, it, it works both ways. And it's, if my granny had, you know, you know, the, you know the story. It, it's a tough one, that. But I think... By that point, I think Wigan probably knew that we were we were at the message would have got out from somewhere that Salter are out on the feet here a little bit. Mm. They've lost so and so, he's injured, target him or whatever. The second Wigan's second try was just tired, not the last one, the second try was tiredness. You could our defence had done so much. It was simple in the mm. end, but we'd misread a little bit. We weren't shape, you know, we weren't in the right shape, we hadn't got into into the right positions and uh, yeah, that's gonna happen. And I think Wigan knew that and just they knew how to play that. Like you say, they, they've got players who've been there and done it. Certainly, I mean, Liam Farrell is he's a, he's a you know, tremendous player, isn't he? And a good leader. And he would have, he'd have, he'd have told them where we were at in that game. And he'd, he'd seen the signs. Obviously, the half backs were any good. That, that, by the way, I'd much rather have our half backs than theirs. Mm. Uh, so they, it wasn't so much them. I think it's more the senior players within that, that Wigan team that had spotted. The, the gaps and what was happening and just went for the kill. Yeah, I think part of me thinks it's the philosophy, the sticking with the philosophy, even with four minutes to go and the candle burning down, they're thinking we are good enough to win this, doing it our way. When 
previous sofa teams would just dolly it up. We'd all go up as one. The ball would bounce in their hands. They'd run 40 yards up the pitch and they'd kill the game there and then. So maybe we maybe it's a, we should be celebrating this. Maybe thinking, you know what, as a unit and as our philosophy as a club, the chance will come. But this time, we're going to manage it out. So it didn't. But that's something to think about which way and what, what's sort of a told still you stand on there really and again with with possibly a couple more players fit bodies mm. on the park it works for you yeah yeah you know I'd love to see you know an Oli Partington I'm sure he would have had a field day the other night against his former team and somebody like that in, in a pack to tie us together a little bit and you know I mean Andy Ackers how we play without him you know again just them little things going in your favour we win that game mm. and we, at the end of the day, we were unlucky. We really were. And we can be very proud and, and positive going forward. And like you say, the back end of the season, we might have to go there again in the playoffs. Well, you know, we, we know we can beat them. Hmm. We know we can. So it's there now. We just need a bit of luck. Yeah. Look at the stats, Parker. Top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 32. Sam Stone, 34. Chris Atkin, 26. Tyler Dupree, 33. Shane Wright, 28. Four was doing awful. What a work there. Yeah, it was. And like we've already said, we had to do tons of defence. I don't wonder they were knackered, but there were some some really big efforts in defence. Cal Watkins pulled off a few big, big hits and, you know, at, at crucial times. Uh, I thought Cal was was tremendous the other night, actually, in both attack and defence. And, and and Tyler, you've mentioned, it's just it's just a good effort. And I don't know. I think we we did too much defending, but you know, great stats that players are, are doing that much work for each other. Yeah, uh, top meter makers: Callum Watkins, one hundred and sixteen; Joel Burgess, one hundred and two; King V, seventy-two; Tyler Dupree, one hundred and twenty-six; and Anna Sidlow, seventy-four. Obviously, Rowley Ball. Uh, you've got edges to attack. So the forwards like of Tyler Dupree and Sidlow making metres on the edges. Yeah, it's again, we didn't have a lot of ball, did we? So no. to make metres, it's, it's difficult. And then forwards, a lot of, a lot was asked of them. Again, like we've mentioned about, you know, with injuries and players not being fully fit, not playing big minutes. We're relying on two or three players to be putting big minutes and, you know, a lot of work. And, and they're doing it, but they do need a bit of help now. Mm. Uh, they are going to have to step up a little bit. But, I mean, again, they, you've just mentioned Cal and, and, and Tyler, both in, in both categories. You know, that's that's some effort, that. That's just tireless. And um, it, it proves how valuable them two are to us. Yeah, at Wigan as well. Wigan. You know what I mean? It's... It's good, you know, we, we can't form for effort. They were, were fantastic. Big thanks to you three with match reports of Man of the Matches. Tom, full effort given. Dupree, Mark, absolutely great effort. Dupree, Tracy, Sits Again Madness, C.O. Craig, Haven, Robbed, Simple. Dave H, Dupree needs help. Dupree, Man of the Match. Ashley Redhart, Swallow, C.O. Stephen Mozza, Proud Performance, Devils, Dupree. Eddie, we're getting closer. Patrick Connell should have won at Atkin. Jacob Gallagher. Kendall Collin again, Croft. Um, Mike Murphy, we're getting better. Briley, Andy Kukarnan, great effort at King. Uh, John Lamb, out of gas. Clarkie, we can compete. Briley, Sulphur Red, Kendall strikes again. Stuart Smart, great effort. Tyler Dupree. Colin Wilson, Dupree for England. Dupree was his man of the match. Chairman Bob, uh, Guts and Determination, Dupree. Uh, Nadge, Wigan forward passes. 
KDL uh, Croft Derpre Seal. John Warwick wasn't very happy with Kendall. Natalie Taylor Fit Team Wins Seal. Willows Red Prouder than Briley. Paul Whiteside's mate Roy Ellaby. Shropy Wigan players Derpre. Dave Parker boys played well Derpre and yeah so. Proud, really. That's the that's thought we can take from them three word match reports. Yeah, an effort, and and certainly, you know, again, it, it, the officials do make a difference to a game. They, we shouldn't speak, shouldn't have to speak about them. They shouldn't have any influence over the result. Sometimes they do. Um, and I know it's easy to say when you, your team's got beat, but I just think we we just get the sticky end of the the, the pole, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, but yeah, again, Tyler Dupree. Romped home with the, the man of the match there. What a find. How we've managed to pick this kid up and nobody else is bothered. Mm. Leeds gave him a chance and it didn't work well. Thank you. you know, And thanks to Witness for letting him come to us because <laughs> we've, we've got a real star there. A real star and we've got to look after him. So we need players to step up and, and get bodies back so he can have a break, he can have a rest. Mm. I don't know when, but fingers crossed. But a, a cracking performance from him once again. I don't think he's had a bad game this season. So No. My one was, uh, it's an education, Derpre, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Playing against these top top teams in pressure cooker atmospheres, you know, you've got to live and learn, haven't you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Was it, was, it, was it Natalie Taylor who said, or, or one of them said, a fit team wins? Yeah. And a fit Salford wins that game. Mm-hmm. If we'd have had the bodies available and, and players not having to come on the park who aren't already injured, if you're starting a game and you're only 75% fit in the first place, it's tough. I think a fit Salford team wins that game. Yep. So that's our look back at the Wigan defeat. And now we'll look and see what are the big news coming out of the club this week. So we'll start with the Magic Weekend shirt has been announced. Parker, black and yellow. Uh, shirt, uh, not as impressed by the with the other other compared to the other ones, but I'd still buy it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've not seen it up close at all. I think somebody had it on the other night, but they had like a jacket over it, and I couldn't really tell. I think that's what it was. Look, it's it's a shirt, isn't it? You know, I, I'd like to have stuck with the, the centenary shirt, the 150-year shirt for, for the Magic Week. I think that would have been okay, but it is a separate shirt, isn't it, for a separate occasion. And I'm sure, I'm sure the sponsorships had something to do with this, looking at the, you know, the colour. Maybe I don't know, but and if that's the case, you know, fine, they're paying, they're keeping the club afloat with what money they've put in, so they get a say. Some people like it, some people won't. It's that simple. It's the same with every shirt, isn't it? You know, I think we've done really well this year. I've liked, I've liked the three we've brought out, and and now we've brought this out. When I say when I say up close, it might be fine, but uh, yeah, it's you know, it is what it is, and people, you know, I urge people to buy it. Get, get the money in the club. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it is what it is. We'll wear it that day. I mean, obviously, we're playing on KR that day. So, it's a little bit different kit-wise anyway because we, we play red at home, white as an away kit. And even our third kit, as as the Centurion one, has red in it and mm. white. So, I don't know if it's a clash or whatever. I don't know. But this, this takes that out, doesn't it? Because nobody's playing in them colours. Mm. Like I said, 
you know, it's an extra revenue stream for the club in it, which is important. The 150-year shirt is back in stock, so fill your boots with them, uh, both shirts for, for the club. Talking about the club, Castleford at home, 13th of April is the Building for the Future Day. Very successful last season with kids coming from different clubs, community clubs and schools. I'm sure Paul Trainer will be hoping for more of the same against Cass. Yeah, it's always been a good success, hasn't it? The club do a real good thing about that. The last couple of times, you know, all the players going over to to see the kids and keep everybody entertained. Look, you can't fault what the club are doing to try and get people involved, try and get people interested and hooked, especially at an early age. I mean, it, it's difficult. I've asked you and, and Paul in the past, obviously, not so much other people who don't live in Salford now or never have lived in Salford in some cases. What made you, why you hooked? What's, you know what I mean? What was the one thing that got you going? And bringing kids in this way, getting them involved early, making them feel that this is this is something to be part of. This is a club. And I don't just mean a rugby club. I mean, it's a, you know, a, I don't know, it's somewhere you, you go and something you do and it becomes part of your life. And we've got to do that from an early age. And we, we you know, we, we know the struggles we have getting crowds, which is not a secret. It never has been. Um, but they're doing great great work to get bums on seats and I, I can't fault them and I hope people help the club out and get involved yeah I think near the time we'll try and get Paul Trainer or whoever is organising this building future event on and he can tell us more about it so that's something to look forward to and if you drive to the game on Sunday don't forget to try and pre-book your parking space obviously a big push from the club to avoid parking issues £10 for a car 20 quid for a minibus or I think it was £5 for a motorbike if you fancy taking your lead out of the game yeah, don't see many motorbikes in the game. They no. don't see many three wheelers anymore. Uh, no. They used to park in the ground. Willows, they were great days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it, is, it can be a bit of a nightmare around there parking. It really can. It's a, it's a bit tricky. People are finding new sneaky ways of parking and, and stuff. Just be careful. Don't want anyone getting tickets and falling out with the club about it because it's not much the club can do, to be mm. honest. So pre-book and make sure you've got your spot. Uh, and don't listen to the a lot of the nonsense about getting out of there because it's certainly not half as bad as certain clubs that we're at Wigan on, on Friday and getting away from there. Wow, that is a nightmare. So, you know, think ourselves lucky. Yeah, so try and book your parking spaces and a safe journey on Sunday. Club have had a thing going this week for season holders. You can bring an extra person for 50% off parking. Good idea in theory obviously you know to try and attend, attract new people in again it's what we've got to do isn't it i've had a, a, a chat today with jack jack cairns from the from the club who is there now to to bring all this together these offers and you know to promote the club get bums on seats and this 50 percent offer you know I, I needed it explaining to me because i'm a bit thick basically if there's a group of you and you're all under one you know one person has got the season tickets on your behalf and it's their email address that's registered, they're the one that gets the offer, not every season ticket holder. So it's kind of limited. But the reason for that is that we need we need a, an audit trail in many ways. We need email addresses so we can further that, you know, so the person you're bringing, we've got their contact details, so we can send them, or not me personally, obviously, but the club can send them a, a promotion for the next game, for the cast game, for whatever comes after that. 
and and then yourself as well, you get another offer coming up. So it's you know, for the the club have got so many season ticket holders, but only probably less than fifty percent maybe are actually registered as emails with season tickets. You may be registered as buying merchandise, or you may be registered for something else, a newsletter. But it's a separate thing, which is is being worked on at the moment. And to it, just a little plea, if you can update your details with the club, your email addresses, yours and anybody who, who you're registered with in, in season tickets. I know my, my brother buys our season ticket with, with his kids and then I obviously just give him the money. But he's the one that's registered. So the club don't get my details. So if you can, I've had a, a message. If you oh. can update it, if you could send an email to ticket office at AJ Bell Stadium, not sure what I still call that, .co.uk or inquiries at salfordreddevils.net and, and list everybody who's in your group, your party, and give the club your email address. I know not everybody wants to give it out. If you don't, fine. It's not, you know, no one's got a gun to your head, but basically help the club spread the word and we'll have a solid database of people who we can contact and say, you know, last time we, we did this offer, you brought two people along. Thank you for that. And here's the next one or whatever. Or, you know, hopefully in the future, some kind of benefit if you want for yourself. And obviously, if you are bringing somebody this week, make sure you register their email and the club can then send them details for the future. But we've all got to do our bit. It's no good sitting here being the laughing stock of rugby league when 4,000 people turn up. The club are doing what they can. It's not easy. But uh, yeah, just just tell the club you can just update your details. Hmm. If you're going to take anything from this podcast, take that. Contact the club with your email address so they can build database and provide offers for other people. Park is bang on. That you know, I think my dad gets four or five season tickets, and he must be the only person on that on that contact. To be fair, I do receive emails, but I've I've made a big conscious effort to give them mine on various different servers. So it is good. So just like you say, if you're going to take anything from this podcast today, contact the club, give him your email, and then watch the offers roll in. Other news, Magic Weekend tickets, 50% off for season tickets. Obviously, we talked about the shirt before. Great offer for season ticket holders. Yeah, we could have a bit of a clash on our hands, couldn't we, for that day? I think there's a chance that there might be an all-Manchester FA Cup game that oh. weekend, depending on how fixtures go. But like like we said, we can't live in the shadow of, of United City. We've got to be our own entity. And, you know, I mean, if you go in and you're a season ticket, although I don't understand why you wouldn't buy your ticket through software and get 50%. Simple economics in this day and age. And again, full credit to the club and, and probably Super League for allowing these offers to, to go ahead. Because it's a big stadium to fill, um, and obviously it's not going to get filled, but it'd be nice to see as many Reds there as we can. We're going to be up against big numbers from Rovers that day. But as we know, when it comes to noise, we, we can match with any of them. So, uh, yeah, and I just want to mention, by the way, on Friday night Wigan, we may not have been massive in numbers, but the volume at times was incredible. Mm. It really was. You would have thought we were, we were at home. It, it was a brilliant effort, and I think all the fans deserve it. A bit of a pat on the back for that because we really got behind the boys the other night. Yeah, supporters trust sponsor a try. Surely 
is looking for payment of the people who are involved in that. So contact her or contact the supporters trust uh, and organise that. I think it's a great way to put coppers into the, the trust. It's, it's usually the simple ideas are the best. I think, was it Carl? Carl who came up with that a few years back. This Carl Rack. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's simple. It's going to try to give 50p or a pound. I mean, the whole game would have fleeced you. You'd have to remortgage your house, but uh, it's a simple idea. You know, probably very, I'm not saying that I'm not involved, but not an awful lot of, of organising and work goes in. It's not like doing a big gala dinner or something like that, a sportsman's or something, a sports lady, sports, whatever. Yeah, so it, but it's a great idea. And hopefully, I mean, you know, I don't want to be cruel, but hopefully you're all skimped by the end of the year because <laughs> we've scored that many tries mm. and, and starting this weekend again. Yeah, my advice if you're doing that is stay on top of it. Seek out Shirley or Alan or someone from the Supporters Trust and give them the money when it when it happens rather than think yeah. I'll give them in a few weeks time a couple of whole victories and suddenly you're having to you know take food out of your kids mouths to pay <laughs> <laughs> so it is a great way to raise funds but I would say as long as you're organized everybody wins other news Parker so we're talking about obviously getting coppers into the club the PDRL players are available for sponsorship 150 pound Parquet obviously doing a great job down there and some current internationals involved in that team. So it's a snip at £150 to, to sponsor them. Yeah, again, the effort that these people put in, you know, it's the club are doing it out of, you know, out of their pockets in, in, in so many ways and need a hand because we know how, how financially strapped we are. And, and then you've got these, these, these guys playing who, it's a joy, isn't it? It's brilliant to have. We've we've got these teams. We've got to we've got to back them and, and support them. So if you know anybody who's available to do it, or I, I suppose for hundred and fifty quid, I, I don't know, but you could run a, a name card at work or something every week and just say mm. this money's going, you know, and, and pay it that way. It I don't think it'd take that long. So it's not quite a good idea, that. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, please do because you know again they need they do need the support, but they're they're, they're a joy and it's, it's a great beacon for our club. And again, you know what we do in the community, and it's time you know the community back the club. Yeah, ladies' players are available to sponsor at four hundred pound, uh, including VAT, which is another opportunity for for, for people out there. Talking about the ladies, they've got a, a development day coming up on the fourth of April for uh, young ladies which is which is great obviously the club looking to kind of create a pathway which is exciting yeah i didn't i didn't really know about this it's fantastic really the amount of the steps we're taking we're not just mm. focusing on one area you know we've got so many teams running um and again you know i'm I say it again say it every week but what a brilliant you know thing our ladies team is you know they're just last season was probably more than any of us could have expected and we need the next generation the next generation and i said to you a favor of my one of my nieces my i think she's six or seven eight whatever has now started playing down at or going down training at, at salford juniors and yeah, I, I think back 10 years ago how many girls were playing rugby not not many no not many at all it was it was a, a male dominated sport and you know and to, to a large extent it, it still is but you see the progress that's been made and the quality that's there as well. So yeah, it'd be nice to see you know more and more going down and, and getting involved. And hopefully, you know, in, in the next few years, we'll have more and more local girls coming into our ladies' team. 
Yeah, Salford City Roosters are trying to get a ladies team going under 13s. Claire Stanway and Demi Jones, who is ladies scrum half, will be coaching them. It starts on Wednesday, the 5th of April, 6pm till 7pm. Like I say it's great. I think the ladies' game is, is growing a lot. I listened to a podcast today, the Women's Rugby League podcast. Really good. Louise Fellenham was on. Darcy Price was on. They were at the Super League launch, which happened a couple of days ago. And they had numerous interviews with various different ladies from different teams. And I think it just needs that sort of momentum now for the mainstream media to pick it up and create kind of stories for people to invest in. And that's where it is now, I feel. I just think they're looking, I think there's two groups this season and then next season, I think they're making it one big group, I think. So, yeah, it, there is changes coming, but they're in a good place because, like you say, the, the spotlight is more on them than they've ever been. I think with every league sport now, every every women's team, it's it, that it's been promoted. So it's took so long to get to this point. Um, you think of... of you know, ladies, ladies football, the England lionesses who were, you know, phenomenal the other year, weren't they? Getting to the, well, winning the, the Euros. Um, but it's taken women's football that long, and, you know, the biggest sport in, in the country, to get to a level where they're, they're on TV, they, you know, they've got this coverage, they've got perhaps profiles, they're professional players now. Obviously, rugby league's a long way behind that financially. We're a long way behind that in the men's game, never mind anything else. We've only been going for 150. God knows how many years. Um, but yeah, I think now the profile of women's sport has never been higher. Mm. You know, we used to think of women's sport perhaps as, you know, athletics and swimming and that kind of thing. You know, we, we now it is these team sports are, are what women's sport's all about. And we've seen it, like say, with the football team, the, the, the rugby union team. I think they got to the World Cup final, didn't they, this year? Or, or was it last year? And rugby league, after the back of the World Cup, has got a profile now. And like you say, it just needs a bit of a kick. The more the more girls that are involved, more ladies at all levels and all ages, the better. And it will grow. And and hopefully, I mean, the, the two go to all of them go together. Really. The men's, the women's, the wheelchair, the, the you know, the disabilities. But the, under one umbrella, and it, I think they all boost each other. And you get involved in one way or another, and you know, this crossover. So uh, I'm just full of praise for them. I can't, you know, it is going to grow and it is going to get bigger, and eventually. More coverage. Rugby league itself is a brilliant sport to watch. It really is at all levels. You know, from amateur right the way through, you could put them all on the telly. You can have its own channel, and that's what that's what it needs in the future. But hopefully now with AMG coming on board, coverage of the women's game and, and wheelchair and everything else will you know blow up. Yeah, it's just it's a network being created in it, and that in real time, and that's a good thing. I know that the foundation today held a schools girl tournament eight high schools all, all playing down at the AJ Bell not the AJ Bell Sulphur City Stadium so things like that you say obviously they'll they'll play may play rugby league for the first time and enjoy it and think oh where do I go from here now you've got the likes of Salford City you've got the club with their with their different pathways I think you've got West Art Lions I think they've started a ladies team as well girls team so and then you've got the Salford and Swinton girls rugby as well which also coach young girls. So I think it's great. Obviously, we've got these people in place now to, to catch these girls and, and feed them through the process. And then in four, five years' time, you know they could be play, well be playing for, for Salford or anyone else in the in the women's super league. And you don't know where the women's super league will be in ten years' time. We know we talk about. I think it's is it Leeds have gone full time. 
I think, in the ladies' game. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know, obviously, Leeds have a massive fan base, don't they? So you think they'll be able to bankroll that. But I don't know how other teams would be able to manage it. It is something to think about, obviously, three, five years down the line. You don't know what, what might happen. Again, it goes back to investment. Mm. It, you know, all sport, grassroots and rugby league, right the way through, needs to be investing even right up to the top, to Super League, to the elite level. There isn't enough investment. And, again, that could add back to sponsoring a player. Simple as that, you know, just getting the money in to help to, to create this this future for the sport. And rugby league really needs it. We we need we deserve a bigger profile as a sport than we, than we get off the national press and everything else. So yeah, the, the the more the merrier for me. Yeah. So that's all the big news coming out of the club this week. And now we'll look at what's going on in the world of rugby league with the white sides world of rugby league. Hello, well here is this week's Down the Detail Amateur Report and the World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week with the North West Youth League. It was a Lancashire Cup action last weekend. There was a lot of no results and um, sort of um, postponements and what have you, but I'll give you the results that we do have. In the under-16s, hang on, where are we now? The under-16s, Rochdale, Mayfield 40, Ryland Sharks 0, Saddleworth Rangers 12, Folly Lane 30, Wigan St. Pat's 10, Salford City Roosters 38. The fixtures for this week, it's back to league action in the Premier Division of the under-18, Salford City Roosters at home to clock face Miners, Warthead Warriors face Lee Minor Rangers, in Division 1 of the under-18, Saddleworth at home to Rochdale Mayfield, in the under-16s at Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield play Wigan St. Jude's, in Division 1, it's Folly Lane against Wigan St. Patrick's. Salford City Roosters home to Barrow Island. Division 2, Dalton play Salford City Roosters. And also in Division 2, it's Pilkington Rex against West Horton Lions. In Division 3 of the under-16s, Bank Key Bulls are at home to Langworthy Reds. Well, moving on to the Conference League, Rochdale Mayfield were back in uh, in action in the Premier Division after their heroics in the Challenge Cup. They were beaten away from home at West Hall by 28 points to 10. In Division 2... Saddleworth Rangers 12, Milford 4, and in Division 3, Eastmoor Dragons 14, Oldham St. Anne's 40. The fixtures for this week, in Division 2, it's East Leeds against Waterhead Warriors and Shawcross Sharks against Saddleworth Rangers. The Division 3 fixture also between Bentley and Oldham St. Anne's. Well, turning our attention to Women's Rugby League, there was one result involving our local teams. University of Leeds 36, University of Manchester 6. That was in Division 2. In the North West Men's League, Division 1, last Saturday, Ulverston 16, Folly Lane 24. Salford City Roosters 22, Caddy's Head Rhinos 38. West Horton Lions 28, Wigan Springview 38. In Division 2, Wollstone Rovers A18, Rochdale Mayfield A30. In Division 3, it's Gars with Stag 28, Waterhead Warriors 22, West Bank Bears 34, Langworthy Reds 10, Crossfields A66, Rochdale Hornets 0. The fixtures for this week in Division 1, it's Caddy's Head Rhinos against Thato Heath Crusaders A, Folly Lane against West Horton Lions, Wigan St. Cuthberts versus Salford City Roosters, they're all Division 1 fixtures. Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield A at home to Goulburn Parkside. Division 3, Clock Face Chargers at A are at home to Langworthy Reds. Rochdale Hornets face Higginshaw, Blackpool Scorpions are at home to Waterhead Warriors A. And there's one fixture in the Alliance Division, that's Oldham St. Anne's A against Pilkington Rex A. In French Rugby League, the fixtures from last weekend, Albi 40, St. Estier 8, Carcassonne 42, Limoux 18, Lesignon 37, Avignon 18, St. Gaudens 34, Villeneuve 10 and Toulouse 26, Pierre 30. 
There's one fixture this week that's on Sunday the 2nd of April, that's Villeneuve against Toulouse. So at the top of the table at the moment after 17 matches is Carcassonne with 14 wins, Limoux are second with 13 wins from 17 and then it's Lesignon with 13 wins from 17. Villeneuve are bottom of the table with just two wins from their opening 16 matches. There was one result in uh, College Rugby League just week just gone in the Premier Division. It was Warrington Wolves 34, Salford Red Devils 32. It was NRL round four and there was some cracking matches as well. There's only one place to start really. Parramatta Reels against Penrith. If you've not seen that game on, uh, on Sky Television, get the repeat of it because it's absolutely outstanding. Uh, Nathan Cleary, they call him Ivan Cleary, then Nathan Cleary uh, with a minute or so to go, decides to kick for touch. He pinpoints it 40 yards out and then he gets the ball back and then nails a drop goal, a two-point drop goal to draw the game. And then Parramatta Reels drop a goal in the extra, goal point extra time to win the game. So it's absolutely outstanding. So Parramatta Reels won that 17 points to 16 against the Penrith Panthers. Melbourne Storm 24, West Tigers 12. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys 24, Gold Coast Titans 12, South Sydney Rabbitohs 13, Manly Seagulls 12, New Zealand Warriors 16, Canterbury Bulldogs 14, Newcastle Knights 24, Canberra Raiders 14, St George Illawarra Dragons 8, Cronulla Sharks 40 and the one other result was the Dolphins 12, Brisbane Broncos 18. That was at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane and there was 51,047 people there. What a fantastic crowd, what a fantastic match that was as well. So the fixtures for this weekend... Uh, round 5 on Thursday, it's Sydney against Parramatta Reels. That's a Sky game at 10 o'clock in the morning. On Friday, there's a Sky game at 10 o'clock again. It's South Sydney Rabbitohs against Melbourne Storm. There's a game earlier at 8 o'clock. That's between Canberra Raiders and the Penrith Panthers. On Saturday, Manly Seagulls face Newcastle Knights. St George Illawarra face the Dolphins at half past seven. The televised game is at 9.30 between Brisbane and West Tigers. And on Sunday, there's two fixtures. Cronulla Sharks against New Zealand Warriors and Canterbury Bulldogs against North Queensland Cowboys. So Brisbane stay top. They've won four from four. Then it's Manly Seagulls, the Dolphins and New Zealand Warriors making up their top four. Well, finally this week, we'll turn our attention to domestic rugby league and we'll start off with the Super League. Casford Tigers, their sort of dismal run of uh, form this season continues. All right, they got a result against Leeds last week, but they were back down to earth again this week. They were beaten at home to Warrington Wolves by 38 points to nil. Huddersfield 12, St. Helens 14. Hull FC 16, Lee Leopards 24. A great win for Lee. Leeds Rhinos 32, Catalan Dragons 22. Catalans were leading that 22 points to eight at half-time and Leeds stormed back in the second half to win it. Wakefield Trinity 6, Hulkingston Rovers 34 and Wigan Warriors 20, Salford Red Devils 16. So some close games in the Super League. Round 7 of the Championship, Barrow Raiders beat Halifax by 16 points to 12 in a real surprise result for Barrow. Uh, Featherstone Rovers 46, York City Knights, oh, sorry, York Knights, they're not called the City Knights anymore, York Knights 4. Keith Cougars, they had their first win over Bradford Bulls since, well, Bradford, since 1945. They've not beaten for all that time. And anyway, they beat Bradford at the weekend by 34 points to 6, leading 24-0 at halftime. Almost 5,000 people there at Cougar Park as well. They definitely are a club on the up. London Broncos 16, Swinton Lions 14. Sheffield Eagles, they're another club on the up. They beat Toulouse Olympic by 32 points to four. Great win for Sheffield. And they're still up there at the top of the table. They're third in the table at the moment. Whitehaven 16, Batley Bulldogs 18. And Widnes Vikings 24, Newcastle Thunder 16. Widnes led that game. I think they were leading it 24-0. They scored three tries in the last six minutes, did the Thunder, to storm back into that game and uh, you know make a, make a real mark on it. So, uh, round six of the Betfred League One Cornwall got their first win of the season they beat London Scholars by 35 points to 10 Midlands Hurricanes 28 Workington Town 38 um, North Wales Crusaders 4 Oldham 18 and Rochdale Hornets 4 Dewsbury Rams 52 
The fixtures for this week then. Lee Leopards take on Wigan Warriors on Thursday night on the Sky Telly game at 8 o'clock. On Friday night, it's Hulk Air against Leeds at 8 o'clock. That's a televised fixture. St. Helens play Wakefield. That's also 8 o'clock. On Saturday, Hulk Air face Leeds at... Uh, Oh, sorry, I'll give you that one. Hulk Air face Leeds. That's the, the Sky game. Start again. Hulk Air against Leeds is the Sky game, 8 o'clock Friday. St. Helens also play Wakefield. That's 8 o'clock Friday. On Saturday, Catalan Dragons face Casford Tigers. That's at 5 o'clock. And the televised game is at 1 o'clock. That's on Channel 4. And that's Warrington Wolves against Hull FC. There's Betfred Challenge Cup Round 4 action on Saturday. Keith Lee Cougars are at home to North Wales Crusaders. London Broncos face Doncaster. Rochdale Mayfield are at home to Newcastle Thunder. Big game there for Mayfield. Bottom of the table in the Championship Thunder. Rochdale Mayfield could make another surprise then. Possibly get into Round 5. That'd be great for them. On Sunday, Salford Red Devils face Huddersfield at 3 o'clock. And there are two games in the championship three games in the championship kick up for three o'clock Jewsby Rams against sorry they're not the championship I need my glasses it's Betfred Challenge Cup round four let's start again Jewsby Rams face Widnes three o'clock Halifax face Barrow three o'clock Hunslow Amateur Rugby League Football Club face Batley at two o'clock that's at the Foxes Foxes Biscuit Stadium in uh, Batley Midlands Hurricanes face Bradford Bulls at three o'clock that's also at Odsall Stadium and there's one game at 12.30 York City York Knights against Sheffield Eagles sorry about all the mistakes this week uh, so that's that's it that's all I've got for you this week sorry about the mistakes uh, need to get my glasses for next week that's all I've got for you take care enjoy the podcast and I shall see you on Sunday for Salford against Huddersfield take care Ta-ra. so that was White Sides World Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the action this weekend So, previously, Leeds were due to play Lee on the 2nd of April, but we've not heard anything about it, so just keep your eyes peeled on the club's socials to see if anything does happen, whether that fixture is confirmed. It would be good, though, if they do manage to get the fixture played park, because obviously they've only played once, they played Wigan, and obviously had a bit of a hearing that second half where I'm on the rocks, and they've kind of a blowout score in the line in the end. But I'm sure, obviously, they'll want more game time, won't they, to, to get fit? Well, yeah, not just that. I mean, this year's a step up, you know, hmm. a step up in quality. So the, the Wigan game was a, a test to see, you know, how far we're going to... are in that elite league. We're just one step behind and it is a big season. They do need game time, definitely. It's not, there's not enough game. I don't understand what the delay is. I don't understand what... See, this is the this is the, the problem again, and we don't help ourselves in rugby league. That this seems to be a structure in place. You know, it seems to be should be all the fixtures should be out ready, and that's it. That's when you play. Done. Mm. Everybody knows you can plan your life as a spectator around that as well. Not there might be a game next week. There might not, but there might be. That's just not good enough in in a sport. So that needs clearing up. But yeah, I can't wait to see him again. You know, and see the new players we've brought in and see how the girls have advanced. You know, like you said that many times. Last season was, for many of them, the first time they've ever played the sport. You know, so a year on, how how far have we progressed? I don't know how much the squad's changed. I've, I've had a look at it. I say most of the, the girls are the same, but there's the odd one or two. But, uh, you know, how they've changed in terms of how they switch positions. Is there a new style? But, yeah, just I can't wait to see them play again. Yeah, going to be exciting. Obviously, keep your eyes on the... The club socials, they'll tell you what, if anything, is going on. Uh, so, let's talk about the men now. And Huddersfield at home, Parker, uh, be a tough game. 
I think obviously Huddersfield are a good side playoff team. Really, if you want to be a playoff team and complete and compete, you got to beat Huddersfield at home. Yeah, Salford versus Salford B, mm. uh, as it as it could be. <laughs> uh, I think they've got more ex players than we've ever had. It's look, it, it's a massive game in, in so many ways. You know, two teams are at a sort of level pegging on the on the league table. The points difference is virtually the same. Everything about it going into it. I mean, the, the, their squad. If we, if we had the luxury of what they've got, I, I'll guarantee we'd do better than them because mm. of the way we play and, and, and the structures we've got in place. I think they've underachieved a little bit in the last couple of years, Huddersfield. I don't think I'd be wrong in saying that, but they are a very, very, very strong team. I watched them last week. They fell short. They, they appeared to be a little bit, uh, as was the, the key last year, they, they seem to lack a bit of adventure, a little bit of off-the-cuff play. It's all structured. It's all stats-based. You know, and that's, if that's the way that, that their coach wants to do things, then that's fine. It's a little bit boring to watch, but mm. that's fine. If you get to your success as a fan, you don't care. You know, if we won the league in a Challenge Cup and we're the most boring team in the league, I definitely wouldn't care. There's no point getting relegated playing beautiful rugby. So uh, it's going to be a tough challenge. They're, they'll be well up for it after what we did last year in the playoffs. Nah, that was a hammer blow for them. They didn't expect that at all. But we just we just blew them out of the water. But it's going to be a great game. It's a shame it's not sort of televised. I think it's one of them, you know, it's a, it's a top floor, four clash, really. Mm. It's, you know, it's, it's that good. And I don't want to have to call. And I know you're going to ask me in a bit about a scoreline and everything, but it's going to be very tight. It's just a shame we've got so many injuries. Mm. If we could play them with a full team, I'd be more than confident we could beat them with our style. We know we can get an arm wrestle with teams. We, we did it again with Wigan the other night. We've done it with most teams. But we've also got that class and that finesse that we'll, we'll score from anywhere. So it's going to be an interesting contest. Yeah. Styles are like chalk and cheese. Uddersfield will want possession, want territory, and they're happy just to sort of just roll forward while we're a bit more rowley ball. We like to move the ball around and open, isolate players. In it. And it's kind of like it's a mixed match of styles there to see who comes out on top, really. Uh, I'm thinking that, you know, our kind of a peekaboo, it's like peek- peekaboo rugby, really, that, like we did at Wigan, really, in a way, that we'll sit in a party for a bit, but then we break out and we'll punish you. And that's, is that the kind of game we're going to have to sort of adapt to on, on Sunday? Because Uddersfield won't change their way of playing. Uh, we've had to probably adapt rally ball a little bit because of the injuries. But against Wigan, we nearly got a result playing that way. So I don't see why it wouldn't do it again. I think, yeah, again, I think the, the, the big problem for us is, is their pack being big, massive compared mm. to ours. Big, you know, they can bring players in that, that haven't played for a few weeks, fresh. We're not in that position. That's where it's going to be difficult. And that's what I thought of Wigan. I think I said it last week that their forwards were, were, were going to be a problem for us because they, they've got more of them and they're, you know, they're, they're fresher. And it's the same with these guys. I think, I, I know we've lost Tim Lafayette on the back line, but I think our back line can cope. No, mm. no problem with, with, with anybody's. The pack have got a real test. They've really got to step up again this week. Hopefully, I'm not, we don't know the squad yet. But hopefully, Andy Ackers can can come back in. I don't, I don't know if what's what's going on there because we've lost. I think we've lost Amir Bora. Mm. So we're back to you know one hooker if you like, which is never ideal. 
I don't know if anybody's coming back into the squad again. We don't know until it's announced. We know Paul Rowley shot to a few times in the last few weeks. We're playing <laughs> players that we didn't expect. So it's going to be that. That's our problem. We can, we just can't get bodies out there. And but I think, like you said, that the styles are going to be interesting. We're going to have to go for it. We're going to have to throw a ball about. We can't. We can't hope to just hold them out. That's not going to work because they they're going to have they're going to have plenty of power and plenty of players who can go for the full eight set. So it's it's about us taking the game to them. Yeah. Paul Rowlett said that Amir Borough is out injured for the next two months. But then last week he did say Tim Laffer was out for six weeks. And there we are. We found him on the pitch, didn't we? So to make it that what you will. <laughs> but I don't know. If if he is injured, he is out for no, you know, if he is out for, for two months, then it might be a problem. Because obviously you've only got sort of Chris Atkin there now as a recognised hooker. And the way we play, you need pivots in your line, natural pivots as well. And if you haven't got that, you have to adapt the way to where you play, which is what we don't really want to do, do we really? No, and with, with any team, one, six, seven, nine, and 13, I would suggest, the key to any team, you build around them. If, if we've lost our nine and 13, which could be the case, a couple of nines, if you like, yeah. that's a massive blow, massive, you, you know, you're losing so much strength from your team, but I've got faith in players just coming in and doing the bit, they, no matter who plays, they, they don't let us down, there's players who, who haven't even played yet this year, I think, who might have to come in, I don't know how fit certain players are, but we, we, we just got to muscle on, but the spirit is, is what's carrying us, you know, this, this, this never say die, and, and, and the belief, like we said earlier on about the Wigan game, the belief that we can beat teams, no matter who you are, we, we can beat you. So I don't know if we're going to have to move players about a little bit more this week. I don't I don't really know. I mean, like I say, I know Chris Atkin will obviously be a hooker, if you like, if, it, if that's the way it has to be. But I know Danny Addy's played there in the past, so yeah. we have got other back rowers, so we can move people about a little bit during the game if we have to. There's a fluency there, which we, we mentioned in pre-season. The one thing we have got is versatility. Players who can play everywhere. And we've lost Timmy Lafayette. If Matty Costello isn't fit already, you could move Callum Watkins, an international centre, to centre and bring in another back rower because we've got, you know, we've got a number of them, if you like. So the options are there, you know, we're not lost and uh, it's not ideal, but we'll make the most of it. Oh, it might just be all mind games and everyone might be fit. We don't know. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever have all our players fit. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? It's mm. part of sport, injuries. It's just a shame we've got such a small squad with it. If we had 30-odd players like Huddersfield have got, of, a, of, a, you know, of that quality as well, because most of their squad's quite, you know, quite you know, good. And it was mentioned last week on Sky that keeping them happy is a problem because mm. they're all first-team players. They want to play. There's only 17 every week you're going to pick. Um, that's that's a problem for, for for Huddersfield, obviously not for us. But we haven't got that. We've got what twenty five, twenty six players or something. And yeah. If you lose five or six, seven with injuries, you're calling me up, and, and nobody wants that. <laughs> Hashtag Parky Parky returns. <laughs> Talking about Huddersfield, they've got some good players. Jake Connor, Tuilola here, ex Red Leroy Kudjo, Will Price. 
Chris Hill, Chris McKean, you know, all good strike players. And yeah, I'm sure Paul Rowley will be looking for a game plan to nullify them. Josh Jones. Yeah. Gates. Mm. Uh, yeah. Sebi Kahifo. Mm. You know, all ex-reds as well. Jake Bibbe. Mm. Ex-red. Yeah, they'll all have a point to prove. Fortunately, Theo Fars is out. So that's one off the off the, the list. But, I mean, Leon Price's lad, Willie, is a sensational rugby league player. I watched him again last week. He seems impossible to get hold of. A bit like Tim Laffey in that way. Mm. Um, so he'll be a real threat. And Jake Connor, I don't know if... He didn't look fit last week. It looked like he was kind of brought in to be, you know, to just be introduced back into the game. But you know what he can do at times when he's on when he's on his game. Look, was it last year we played all the way, and he, he an absolute worldie against the ripped us apart. Probably the best game he had in the last two or three years. But if he's on that kind of form, you can be in trouble. But Rose will know that he knows all the key players that they've got and their strengths and weaknesses. He'll have summed it up. So yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult and very interesting to see how these players come up against us again. In terms of you know, this is my ex club, but we've just got to go with confidence. We're playing well, but you know, we're not doing badly at all. I think if you take the whole KR game out and sections of the second half against Warrington, we've had a great start. Wakefield was a poor game all round, but we had enough to come through it. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to it, and I just hope you know people turn up. Because it's Sunday afternoon, there's not much else I don't think to do. So, you know, just I hope everybody gets down there. Yeah, because uh, Paul's not here, but I'll do the weather announcement. It's going to be cloudy, 12 degrees, uh, 12 degrees hu- humidity. Paul's better than I am. Uh, but yeah, just a probably small jacket, maybe. It's not going to rain. I, I, it's the AJ Bell, not the AJ Bell, whatever it's called. <laughs> One of the coldest places I've ever been. So, yeah, I'd probably still put a big coat on for now. Okay. For now. Another couple of weeks, I think. Let's get through Easter and then we'll be all right. But as long as it's dry, it, it'll suit us a little bit. Mm. You know, the, the wet weather for, for handling a ball, I don't care how good a player you are, it, it's difficult when it gets wet. So it stays dry. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got a great chance to move that ball about. We'll terrify anyone. Prediction time, Parker. Who's going to come out on top? I'm going. I'm going to go with a home win. Oh yeah. Despite everything I've said and the, and the you know the, the the injury list and everything else, I think we need to click at home. I think there's going to be a game this season where we're going to things are going to happen. We didn't play well against OK. The Wakefield game was dull, um, but we got the job done. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24-16 to Salford. 24-16. Okay, I'm going to go home win. I'm going to go for early Salford pressure, results in three quick tries. Butterfield could bump back into it, but we'll see him off in the last 15 minutes after their big pack starts to tire. So I'm going to go Salford 36 Huddersfield 20 and I'm going to go Ken Seal double points points galore mm. I, think that's, I think for me it's about us starting quick and well and getting points on the board I think that's, that's going to be key I really do because they're going to try and grind us down that's the way they play but if we can get up to a good start get a few tries in, in front 
and then just stay in front, keep kicking goal, you know, penalties when you have to, and doing the right things, game management, then we can certainly win. If we, if we go behind, we're going to find it tough. Mm. But get off to a bright start and let's let's go from there. Yeah. So that's the end of another podcast park. Another great show. We've got to say big thanks to all the listeners who have donated via the Kofi. Don't forget this show isn't free to create. It's free to listen to. Obviously with editing software and things, it does cost us some money. So if you do have it in your heart and you do want to help us progress and you know move this podcast forward if you want to feel free to donate via the coffee by me parker or paula coffee and we'll use it very wisely okay yeah absolutely it's, you know this without without the support and well, without the listeners is no point but without the support we're not going to be able to pay bills and i don't mean gas and electric that's completely separate i mean <laughs> You know, for, for all the subscriptions we have to, you know, Spotify and everything else and, and you know, getting these, like, I mean, your time alone, Rob, to edit and, and everything. So, yeah, no, we, we are, you know, obviously massively, massively thankful for for the help that, that, that you give. And, yeah, just, just you know, just, and, and just keep following us. Just keep listening to us. That's that's the main thing. You get you get me for free. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's probably the only way you get me because you're not going to pay. But... <laughs> Uh, oh, it's a joy, it's a joy to talk to, to everybody and, and have people listen. And again, I'm still amazed when people come to the game and say, oh, "You know, I listen to the podcast," and, I, and you're like blown away. Really, am because uh, it's just a bit of fun for us, re- realistically, isn't it? We we talk about rugby. That's what we do. You know, mm. we've got to bore somebody with it. So uh, yeah, thanks, thanks to everybody for, for contributions. Just let me write that down, Parker. Fund raising idea, pimp Parker out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I owe you the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Rare Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon.